Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. We are two millennial farm wives raising lots of littles, figuring out how to run ag businesses with our husbands, learning, loving, and living life day by day in America's heartland. If you landed here, you can expect uplifting positive real talk about being a farm wife, mom, and being a woman in agriculture, conquering all God gives us. We are so excited you're traveling on this back road with us. Welcome back to part two of the one where we interview a dietitian. Um, This episode was really long, and so we split it into two pieces, and this is part two. If you have not had a chance to listen to part one, you can go to episode 52 and catch the beginning of that chat. Thanks for listening, guys. Best sugar substitution? Yeah. What's the best sub for sweet sugar? Okay. So either monk fruit sweetener, and I'll talk about that a little bit or stevia. So I think we've all heard of stevia. We all know about it. Typically it's going to be the best one that your body responds to, but there's another one called monk fruit. So what this is, is it's actually from monk fruit, like the fruit. Um, it's 150 to 200 times sweeter than sugar. So if you're somebody who doesn't like things super sweet, it will actually give it kind of a false sweetened, um, taste, but I don't think it's terrible. It's actually sweetened using an antioxidant that comes from the fruit. Um, and it's going to have a lower glycemic index. So what that means is it's not going to spike your blood sugar. Like it would, if you had straight sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when we talk about that, technically we think of diabetes, but all of us are actually having blood sugar spikes throughout the day. So if your blood sugar gets too low, that's kind of when you feel so tired. And then when it gets high, that's when you feel like you have a ton of energy. So monk fruit actually is going to keep it pretty relatively, um, consistent, but you also have to think of what you're pairing it with. So let's say you're making brownies with monk fruit sweetener. It really isn't going to make that much of a difference. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I typically, again, like I said, I will never tell you, you need to remove anything from your diet except pop. I will say it. I use pop myself, like I said, but, um, you know, if your body's going to respond to sugar, I say, let it be real sugar. Otherwise you can use whole food sources like honey, molasses, maple syrup, that kind of thing. We're big honey fans in this yes. particular house, but this kind of piggybacks to a question that I'm not sure is on here. I haven't gotten through the rest of the questions, maybe best protein snacks, but I'm currently using supplements by first form and mm-hmm. they use stevia sweetener in their, uh, pro- like their formula one post-workout stack. And so Mm -hmm. I've been looking a little more into the stevia. Is there any protein or supplemental products that you recommend companies or just actual, like I'm I'm taking collagen, I'm taking protein, I'm taking these extra things to help everything, 30 year old joints. Yeah, no, I love this question. Cause again, I work with, you know, high level performing athletes, but I also am I I look at everybody as an athlete. If you're somebody who goes to the gym for 45 minutes a day, three days a week, even I'm going to refer to your body as an athlete. So I don't know one person who really doesn't care what they put in their body. So if you want the highest level product, you should be looking for an NSF certification label that stands for national sanitation foundation. So I think we're all aware that the FDA actually doesn't come in and test your um, supplements to make sure they're clean, but this NSF certification will come in and make sure there's no, um, you know, false things that, um, 
you know, let's say that the label didn't say there was rocks in it. Well, they're going to come in and make sure there's actually no rocks in it. Um, and they're going to test for steroids, other illegal substances, and basically just look for things that aren't in it. So NSF certified brands would look like something called clean athlete with a K. I myself am not a huge fan of it just because I'm not taking these protein powders, you know, like an athlete, like I would have when I was in college. So now I do it for taste, obviously. And then of course for benefits, meeting my protein and then gym goals. So I use a brand called Bomar, B-O-W-M-A-R. Yeah. I've heard of that. Their flavors are incredible. So um, two winters ago or last winter, I tried their hot chocolate. And of course, we're big milk people here. We're on a dairy farm. So I'll heat up milk, put hot chocolate protein mix in it and drink it. And I swear, if you've had a Starbucks hot chocolate, it's better. It's so good. Yeah, I've really heard of that. I kind of went between the two in this program that I'm doing, obviously recommended first form and first forms actually out of St. Louis, mm-hmm. um, which is super close to where I live. And right. uh, I've just heard some really good things in their protein powder. In addition, I haven't looked at the label, so I can't say that it's the same certification, mm-hmm. um, but it, it doesn't taste like other protein powders I've ever had. I mean, it always has that like kind of chalky taste and you just know you're drinking a protein shake. I mean, I've done all the other stuff. I've tried all sorts of protein powders. And this was the first one that I've taken and felt like, man, this is good. Like mm-hmm. I like, I, I look forward to drinking this and, I, and I've heard really good things about Bomar as well. Yeah. And I've had the um, first form root beer flavor and that flavor is so good. So I just, myself, I don't use first form just because I love Bomar so much, but yeah, you know, no, if, sure. Yeah. Maybe if I had encountered first form first, it would have been that way, but yeah. <laughs> So, okay, next question. And this was my favorite that you talked on Clubhouse because you gave ideas that I had no idea on. So lunch ideas and tips for packing our farmer's lunch, quote unquote, healthier. Yes. Okay. And then of course, Whitney, once I came over to the farm, I left my book of notes <laughs> at our house. Um, but there's, I was going to share like some recipes or some titles of recipes that we really use. Um, typically it's when we're hitting it hard and heavy in the fall, cause we can crock pot a lot of them, but we'll do a Mississippi roast. I think everybody's probably pretty familiar with that. So it's just, you know, we use a chuck roast, one packet of dry ranch, one packet of au jus, and then a stick of butter. So, you know, not great, but not terrible for you. You can throw in carrots or onions or potatoes or whatever you want to have in there. Crockpot cooks it for you. Um, we do pizza casserole. So we'll use any kind of noodle. And then we, Dylan's mom will can tomato sauce or we'll buy, you know, the farmer's market brand. Use that tomato sauce, beef. You can put veggies in there and hide it if you want to. And then realistically, if your farmer eats like mine, you have two or three days worth of um, lunches to send. And then of course, I'll think of other ideas that I had written down when we're off the call. But if you're, excuse me, packing your farmer's lunch, you basically just want to set it up kind of like the performance plates that I talked about. You want to make sure there's always a carbohydrate, a protein, a fat, and then fruits and vegetables. So depending on what your farmer does, they may or may not have a higher nutritional need. So on days where I know Dylan's going to climb the silo 30 times when they're unloading silage, um, typically he gets more in his lunchbox. So a lot of snacks that we'll do is like sun, um, sun chips, we'll do fruits and, or like, you know, fruits, um, Sometimes he eats vegetables, sometimes he doesn't. We love the Mott's um, fruit snacks. So they're actually sweetened with real fruit juices. And then they claim there's vegetables in them. Not sure how much or if it's enough to make a difference, but they claim they do. Um, But sandwiches, you know, they can be so simple. You have bread as your carbohydrate. You can put as much meat on there as you'd like to. 
I would do what you think as far as protein goes, what you think is an appropriate portion size, and then add, if you're doing deli slices, I would add two or three. So we've grown up where, you know, these recommendations for protein have been pretty modest for us. And we're living in a day and age where we're figuring out that we need more protein than kind of what we're used to. So for these guys who, you know, are putting a lot of wear and tear on their bodies, let's say simply jumping out of a tractor, things we know we shouldn't be doing extra protein is going to help those guys make sure there's a couple slices of cheese on there. Um, we actually don't use lettuce. We'll use spinach only because there's a little bit more micronutrient value in spinach than there is in lettuce. So we know that lettuce is, you know, 90% water. So adding in spinach where it's less water component, you're still going to get those dark leafy greens. You're going to get some calcium, um, all sorts of good things like that from those. We'll add those in there. If your farmer can do onions or peppers or whatever it may be, throw those on there too. Otherwise you can always think of a cheeseburger and then turn it into a salad, you know, but of course we still need carbs. So if you're going to set a salad, like a cheeseburger salad with your farmer in a Pyrex dish or whatever, make sure that you have some form of carbohydrate on the side, or if a burger is doable with you in the tractor, do a, do a burger, whatever. Okay. So then another question on here that I think goes with the lunch packing is best protein snacks. Yes. So we use premier protein shakes, um, Fairlife chocolate milk. So we use Fairlife brand specifically because it's ultra pasteurized. So what that means, if we're not aware of it, it means that they actually go in there and they do a longer processing to remove the lactose enzyme, or I'm sorry, the lactose sugar. So A, it makes it more shelf stable. It lasts a little bit longer. It's more available to people if you have lactose intolerance, but we use it because, you know, none of those things really matter for us. We're not lactose intolerant here. We don't need a super long shelf life because we go through milk like it's going out of style, but we use it because when it's ultra pasteurized, that sugar, that carbohydrate is minimized. So the, um, how do I want to word this? The amount of protein to carbohydrate ratio makes the protein higher in each serving. So typically there's going to be more protein in Fairlife chocolate milk than there would be in camps or whatever. Okay. So we'll use those for drinking. If your farmer can do protein powders, that's always a good option. Mine is very selective if he can taste white or not. Um, but then, you know, simple things like a cliff protein bar, you can bring string cheese and beef jerky. I love the Epic brand. Otherwise, if you're somebody who can do your own even better, I know we all don't really have time for that, but the meat markets typically have it up there too. Otherwise, whatever brand works for you. If you like Jack links, go ahead and do Jack links. Um, I'm trying to think of what other ones we typically have on hand. So I'm going to ask this because we're getting ready to have hogs butchered. So we can get snack sticks from Mm -hmm. our butcher. Is that the same protein value as like beef jerky? So that's going to be a little bit less just because the snack sticks are like the, the circle ones, like a, like a Jack links, like stick, you know? Right. So you'd have to have a couple of them. And I think the fat content is a little bit higher, but pork is a little bit leaner. So, you know, two or three of those, which I'm sure Bart isn't going to complain about having two or three snack stinks, snack sticks, you know, those are probably a good option too. Okay. Yeah. So beef jerky. And then I know you're big on nuts, which I can't have that, Mm -hmm. but Bart loves um, pistachios and almonds Mm -hmm. and all those, you know, they come in like the small packs or I just make travel bags. Exactly. Yep. Trail mix. I think you've mentioned that on clubhouse. Yep. I typically say if you're going to do trail mix, mix your own. And a lot of that is basically just because I grew up with parents who mix my own trail mix. So, you know, we don't need the kind that has marshmallows and whatever other junk in there. But if you throw in, you know, raisins, I still want you to have M&Ms if you love M&Ms or let's say you're a person who likes chocolate chips, throw those in there too. 
but you know, cashews, almonds, pistachios, those kind of nuts are going to bring that content up too. And then you're, you know, you can put other things in it. If you want the marshmallows in it, go ahead, do it. But, um, you know, beef jerky crumbles and trail mix is actually really, really good. And it gives it a different texture, a different taste profile, all sorts of things. And so I know you've also discussed this before, but I think listeners would like to hear. So what is your reason for choosing sun chips? Sun chips? Yes. Okay. So typically sun chips are just going to be processed a little bit different. Um, they're actually sweet or sweetened. They're, um, they're, how do I want to word this? I guess the taste profile is made with herbs. The carbohydrate content isn't as heavy as it is in like, let's say a Lay's potato chips. You know, your hands don't feel greasy Greasy. after you pick up a sun chip compared to a Lay's potato chip. So they're just processed a little bit different. They're a little bit quote unquote healthier. And they're so good. They're my favorite. And they're so good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. So I know we chatted collagen a little bit. What are your thoughts on men and women taking collagen? Absolutely. I think it's super important. So what collagen actually is, is it's what your skin, hair, nails, tissues, ligaments, tendons, basically everything in your body is made of. It's going to be the most abundant protein in your body. So basically I would say that everybody should be supplementing with collagen. Um, A lot of people will go back and forth with it and say, you know, your body naturally produces collagen and you're going to have collagen from the meats you eat, which is true. But if you're somebody with higher needs, let's say, you know, some of these guys and these gals who are jumping in and out of tractors who are hard on their knees or bouncing around in a, you know, a cab seat that doesn't have, um, you know, the airlift or whatever it may be you guys typically need a little bit more collagen than the average person. Or if you're somebody who's consistent at the gym, it's going to be really beneficial for you. So I recommend a brand called Vital Proteins. It's going to be NSF certified again. So National Sanitation Foundation, it just makes sure there's nothing that's not beneficial in the product for you. Um, If you want an added benefit, you can mix your collagen with a form of vitamin C. So you could do orange juice. You just do two, four ounces of it mix your collagen powder in there. And then we can add tart cherry juice. So I know this is the next question too, but this is what I call my recovery cocktail. So I use this again with those, you know, very high performing athletes. So how they interact with each other is, you know, four, two to four ounces of tart cherry juice, two to four ounces of orange juice, whatever vitamin C form you use, and then one or two scoops of collagen. Note that the collagen isn't going to dissolve super great in a cold beverage. It'll do better in hot. But when you add all of those together, what they do is the properties work to expand your blood vessels. So that's where vitamin C comes in, um, or I'm sorry, where the tartary juice comes in. It's an ant or it's a vasodilator, but it's also an antioxidant. So that expands your arteries and allows that collagen to be shuttled to damaged tissues or muscle or, you know, tissues or ligaments or whatever. Um, and then vitamin C's only function is to produce and create more collagen. So basically pairing collagen itself with vitamin C is actually only going to amplify your benefits. You're going to get the already powdered form of collagen that's going to be immediately utilized, but then you're going to have that vitamin C that comes in there and works to produce some additional stuff when that collagen's already done being digested by your muscles. Right. And so I take collagen in a pill form. It's from vital proteins too, but I don't like powders. So that is an option, I guess, if anybody also Mm -hmm. doesn't like powders and you hit tart cherry cherry juice. So I learned this from her melatonin. You go ahead and explain melatonin versus tart cherry juice. Yes. So melatonin like pills, if you've ever taken them to help fall asleep at night, they typically are actually a placebo effect. So 
the half-life of melatonin is actually only 30 minutes. So it's probably enough to get you to go to bed, but it's not necessarily enough that it's going to impact how you're sleeping over time. So when you have tart cherry juice, what this does is it actually works to naturally produce melatonin within your body. So when we have a naturally produced form of melatonin, that's going to either stay consistent or it's going to stay continuing to be produced. And it's going to help us sleep anywhere. I think the research says from one to two hours longer, um, you're going to have a little bit of a deeper or a better sleep. Plus, you know, we're not going to have that neurological addiction to the melatonin either. So where our brain becomes dependent upon melatonin for sleep is actually at three grams, two or three grams. I can't remember which one it is. Um, and the average melatonin supplement is actually five grams. That's so good to know. And you suggest tart cherry juice off Amazon? Yep. I use a brand called Cherry Bundy. So C-H-E-R-I-B-U-N-D-I. Otherwise, there's another brand called Juice Performer that I do like. It's in an aluminum can, so you can pour it out or have it with a straw if that's something that you're worried about too. Perfect. Okay, so we have a few more to go through, and these are really good questions. So, Kylie, do any of them pull your interests more? Yes. Let's just jump right into how do you feel about plant-based meat products maybe in comparison to real or I'm, I have an opinion. I'm gonna let you talk and then I'll jump in after. Yeah. So I think, you know, anybody in agriculture, we have a very opinionated opinion of this or a bias. Um, I'll let you know, as a dietitian, I obviously have a bias because I am on a dairy farm. We do do beef steers. We have some Angus here too. Um, but what I'll tell you is my, my, I take no stake in the farm. We don't own it. It's, Dylan's future. Yes. It's our future. Yes. Mm -hmm. But my job as a dietitian is also my future. So if I'm giving incorrect or inaccurate or inappropriate nutrition advice, that's something that I could potentially lose my license over. I could lose my registration status, that kind of thing. So I'll never actually tell you things that, um, aren't supported by literature and research. Mm -hmm. My personal opinion about plant-based meat products is this, they're highly processed. And then all I can say is we were given whole food substances that are grown by people who nurture and care and love the animals. Um, it's a hard life in agriculture. It's physically demanding. It's emotionally demanding. We've left dinners with food that we have been eaten, but we've paid for to go watch cows calve and make sure that yep. everything goes out correctly. So when you have a product that's raised by these people who love their animals and they're whole and they're healthy and they were put on this earth by Jesus Christ, why aren't we utilizing them? We're making things harder for ourselves nutritionally than they need to be. And nutrition is already freaking hard. Uh, so I obviously prefer meat protein. I think that's easy as a pork producer and, and a person who absolutely, you know, buys a steer or half of a cow to butcher and eat and have freezer beef and whatever. We are obviously meat eaters in this family, but if it's going to fit a niche market and that makes a choice for them to choose a protein that they want to eat, I don't disagree with it. Right. It's kind of like people who choose to eat vegan and a vegan diet. I don't disagree with you. I, I do disagree with you, but I don't vehemently despise you. Right. That's your choice. We have such great food choices here in America. So I, I don't mind that there's a plant-based alternative, which may be, odd for people to hear me say, but I don't think it takes the place of a meat. 
like you said, it doesn't take, it doesn't replace it. It's fine to have that option, but I think the majority of people are still going to be going back to pork chops and beef steaks and lean ground beef and uh, sausage and things like that. It just doesn't, there's no replacement of it. It just can be on the shelf also. Right. And I love that you said, you know, we don't vehemently hate you or despise you or right. anything like that. Um, as a dietitian, I always, you know, give you the option. If you want to be vegan, that's fine, but I need mm-hmm. you to understand your bias as to why. So if you are becoming vegan because your favorite movie star is vegan, that's, that's inappropriate. So what people don't, I think, think about is we are very blessed because B12 it's a vitamin called cobalamin. It helps with digestion. It helps maintain a healthy digestive system that comes from animal proteins. So if you're somebody who's not producing animal proteins, B12 is typically diminished or it's lowered. And we're going to need to be supplementing with that. On top of that, that means we need a calcium supplement and we need a vitamin D supplement. So a fun fact about those two is that vitamin D and calcium cannot be absorbed without one or the other. So if you take a vitamin D supplement, making sure that it's vitamin D plus calcium or it's vitamin D and you're taking it with a glass of milk, that's going to make it absorbed and digested a little bit better by your body. So if you're somebody who doesn't have full sources of calcium or you're getting your calcium from loads and loads and loads of spinach, that's incredible. That's awesome. Good for you that you can do that, but we're probably missing out on some serious benefits that can come from the micronutrients that are in our foods and how diligent we would have to be to supplement everything that we're missing in our diet would take hours. It would take money. And that's not always realistic for everybody. So you know, I just really tell people that I need, I need you to understand. And I need you to explain it to me in a way that makes sense as to why you are vegan or why you are restricting X, Y, Z from your diet. Yeah. Great. Good topic. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not that you can't have it or in my opinion that you, I don't want it, but that's me. It's so controversial because people try to bash one another through it. Right. And like you said, Kylie, like you can you can eat that if you choose, but don't bash beef or pork because you're choosing to eat that is my thing, mm-hmm. which that's a whole nother um, soapbox, right? <laughs> How do you stay motivated bash. to eat healthy? So this one, I feel like people, and, and it goes with a couple other questions on here too. Um, because I have a psych minor, because I really value the psychological aspect of eating and also understanding how our psychology works with our food choices and our goals and things like that. I really recommend that people are journaling, even if it's just for one week, I need you to better understand why you're making the choices that you're white, that you're making. If you have anything that's triggering you, um, if you have anything that, you know, is traumatizing to you with food, because we do have fear of foods for some people, I need you to write down, you know, what you're eating, when you're having it, how you're feeling about it, why you think you're feeling that way. Are, are you sitting at the kitchen table while you're feeling this way and eating it? Or are you sitting on the couch in front of a TV? Are you triggered because your friend said X, Y, Z about this. If we can unpack that and kind of unload about our reasonings, why we're responding to foods, we can make better decisions. And those better decisions are actually going to help us to stay motivated. But what I really like to say to people is you have one body that you're hopefully going to inhabit for a hundred years, let's say realistically. So if you make it to year 20 and you're like, "Eh, I'm over this, it's too hard to eat healthy, da, 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 da. Well, now you have hopefully 80 plus years in that body that you've now not taken care of for three quarters of your life. Um, But on top of that, you know, it's really easy for us to make poor nutrition decisions and poor nutrition choices. And that's okay every once in a while, because as a dietitian, I never want you to spend a hundred years of your life eating things that you don't 
enjoy and you're not passionate about because food is emotional it's it's you know satire satiating it's religious it's cultural all sorts of other things than purely nutrition but we have to make sure that we're making good choices for our future and you also have to understand that not everybody wakes up in the morning and makes healthy decisions so like i said i when i go to the bar which in this season of my life is a little more frequently than normal and we have more weddings, you know, I only drink mixed drinks. I drink whiskey Coke, whiskey Dr. Pepper. I don't actually do any diet Dr. Pepper because I don't like the artificial sweeteners that are in diet pops. And that's a whole nother story. But, um, you know, I wouldn't be living my life fulfilled if I, you know, was, let's say, skipping out on memories because I didn't want to drink alcohol or make those poor nutrition choices. So tapping into what makes you motivated, what keeps you motivated. And if that means you need to take two weeks off of lifting or two weeks off of, you know, whatever it may be, then go for it. But you need to find that motivation to come back. And that's something that a lot of people can do for you. Right. And we, we talked last episode about we're at a point in our lives where, yeah, we want to be like X, Y, Z with our fitness. And we want to, we want to be fit. You know, we don't want to we have this idea of what our body should look like. So I'm 20 pounds heavier now than I was three years ago after I had Leighton. And so I start to get in my head like, well, I'm failing because I'm not 150 still. Right. So then I just told Kylie, I was going to get my blood work done and I was really worried about my thyroid and all this stuff. And my blood work was perfect. And so I feel like I'm motivating myself to be healthy, to like literally just be healthy and to be able to play with my kids and have good blood work and good lungs and healthy legs that can still chase them around and God forbid, good arms to push the swings that I don't want to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe I'll just let my arms go by the wayside. Um, no, we talk about that. And I think that if anything, we'll probably get censored for saying this COVID-19, I said it, whoops. Um, it's, if anything, for me, it's said, Hey, let's take better care of ourselves let's have a strong immune system so that when we do get encountered with things that we can't control, that we are able to fight it off. And I, I I wonder people who smoke cigarettes, does this, is this the time when they're saying, like you said, we have to take care of our body for so many more years to come. And I understand addiction is a whole nother ballgame. We don't even have to go there, but soda, um, cigarettes, these, these unhealthy choices that we're continuing to do every single day. I'm talking once in a while you have, you know, even if you have a whiskey and Coke every day, you're still not pounding sodas to keep yourself awake or to boost that sugar intake. Right. Um, So is, is this just one second, is this the time that we say, okay, I'm going to start making those choices so that our bodies can be better. We only have one body. We only have one mind. We only have one life to live. And if we're making ourselves feel guilty wit, or if we're continuing these really bad habits every day, we get closer to the day that we go to heaven and we need to be trying to life. We don't know when that is, but we want to be living the best life we can both in memories and realistically like realistic living, but also in taking care of ourselves in that other, like 90% of the time that we're just living life. Absolutely. And how are we supposed to, so I, I hate that it always, we talk about this a lot too, that it takes something tragic for us to be grateful, you know, like, or to be more aware. Well, my sister-in-law had her knee taken out like weeks before fair. And so I saw her on crutches and like, just want to be helping her kids. And she was, she, you know, she was in a bad place. She felt guilty and she was still trying so hard, but it's like, we take for granted so easy 
what our body does for us. And then it takes something like that for you to realize like, wow, my legs are so important to me. It's just, it's mind boggling to me that we struggle with, with body image and then being grateful at the same time. It's so hard. And especially as women. And, you know, I see like young girls, like junior high already struggling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hate that you're already struggling with that because I didn't in junior high. It was like after I had kids and I don't want, I don't want girls to struggle with that for the rest of their life. So that makes my heart hurt. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, I, I was one of those girls that I had a almost 10 year history with that. So it started when I was 13 years old. So it's, I mean, it's real, but you know, kind of back to what Kylie said about, you know, the current state of the world, we're really missing out on a big opportunity as far as the agriculture community goes with advertising for a healthy diet right now. And, you know, that goes to the CDC and everybody who is making these decisions for us also. Um, we know the literature right now is saying that, you know, people who have vitamin D deficiencies alone. So let's say we're only going to tap into vitamin D as far as the dairy industry goes. People who have vitamin D deficiencies are nine times more likely to struggle and lose their life with COVID. So there's one statistic right there that we're missing out on. So, you know, you don't have to supplement and I'm all for a whole foods first. And then we fill in the gaps with supplements where we need to, but you know, get your vitamin D in move in the sun for 30 minutes a day, expose ex as much skin as you can. So your body naturally converts vitamin D from the sun. You cannot have vitamin D toxicity. If it's from sun exposure, you can't have vitamin D toxicity if you're getting too much orally, but at some point after that 30 minutes, your body actually stops converting vitamin D because it's used up enough. Vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin, so it can be stored in your body. It can help uh, minimize any deficiencies. If let's say you have to go three, four days without having milk or any form of vitamin D. So, you know, again, one tip right there. Okay. Here, I have no side just makes you feel better. <laughs> For all reasons. Yeah. Right. I take a vitamin D supplement probably every other day, about 5,000 IUIs. Is that what it, is that too much? No. So that's technically the, um, the IUI serving or recommendation would be 3000. So having it in a surplus of 5,000 is perfect. It's a fat soluble vitamin. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Let's see. We already answered that one. How do you overcome disappointment when you can't lose weight? I, I love like this one. That's yeah. Fun. Cause this had, it had to talk about an eating disorder too, right? ED regression and, and mental health that goes along with losing weight. Right. So, yeah. So like I said, so my story, what really made me interested in psychology and for a long time, I really planned to go into eating disorders because of my own struggles that I had growing up with disordered eating and eating disorders. Um, again, if you're somebody who hasn't sought counsel, that would be my first step. You know, therapy is cool. You can do it. I don't feel like there should be any stigma around mental health, disordered eating therapy, whatever it may be. And the more we discuss it, the less stigmatized it becomes. Right. Um, but as far as overcoming disappointment, when you can't lose weight, this is your body talking to you. So our bodies are so much smarter than how they're able to communicate with us through our brain. So like I said, your skin stops converting vitamin D after about 30 minutes when your stores are filled. So you can't overdose. You can't have an excess vitamin D from the sun, but you can orally. So there's one way that our body communicates with us. So if you're somebody who can't lose weight, I would ideally like you to kind of assess what you're eating and then assess your motiva motivations as to why you want to lose weight. So let's say that you are, um, you know, let, I have to do the math here if I'm gonna say this example. If you're a 5'3 woman, 
So five, three, um, the average weight that they would ideally like you at the low end is 120 pounds. That's incredibly restrictive, incredibly restrictive. But if you're five, three, 150 pounds, you like the way you feel your bones don't hurt. You can sleep through the night, you know, so on and so forth. You're in a really good place. We should not own scales. That's half the problem. So for whatever reason, our through history, we've associated health with a number, not with a feeling. And that's a problem. So when we yeah. assess the psychological reason as to why we want to lose weight, there's a good starting point. Talk to a dietitian, talk to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, somebody that you think is going to help you if you feel like you can't help yourself because there are tons and tons of people out there struggling right now with food, whether it actually be in a state of disordered eating or eating disorders, or just people who don't feel good about themselves right now too. Um, but again, disappointment because you can't lose weight. Let's say you've done these two tips that I've already suggested. Then I would recommend that we run some panels at the physician's office. So really what I like to look into is your thyroid. I like to do a, just a basic metabolic panel. This is gonna look like, look at electrolytes in your body, um, kind of how your kidneys are functioning. You're gonna look at creatinine, bun, all sorts of different things like that, which those, those mean nothing to us when we talk about them like this. But on top of that, if you're a female, looking at your reproductive scans. So you, we want to look at estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. We want to look at all sorts of different values that are associated with women's health because those play a massive role in the inability to lose weight as well. But you mm -hmm. have to understand your motivations as to why you're losing weight. So like BMI calculator, I'm um, thinner than I've been currently with nursing and working out and stuff, but let's just say I'm five, seven and my BMI, I would say traditionally over the last 30 years, I've ran closer to 150 pounds. That's on the really high end of normal, almost pushing to where it's technically obese, but I've never felt that way. Um, being like 150 pounds is a, just a really healthy weight for me. Uh, obviously I would always push to be lower than that, but that, that's where I've been around the most of the time. It just feels like that BMI calculator sometimes is something we go to and it seems so unrealistic. I mean, five, seven. Yeah. Right. Well, and, you know, going through school, they've always told us like, we don't want to, um, you know, make recommendations based off the BMI calculator, because again, it doesn't tell us how well we're sleeping right. at night, how much water we're drinking, um, sure. how much muscle mass or fat mass you have on your body. So the gold standard, if it's something that's applicable to you, and a lot of times you can actually get a referral from your physician and insurance will cover all or some of it is a DEXA scan, D-E-X-A. Hmm. Um, of course, right now off the top of my head, I can't tell you what the abbreviation sure. stands for. It's like, that's okay whatever, but it's going to have the lowest margin of error as far as fat content, water mass, muscle mass, all sorts of things. And they do this if you're somebody who has a high risk of osteoporosis. So your insurance will cover it after you're over the age of 65. Um, if you're somebody with a history of eating disorders or disordered eating, or if you're anybody, or if you're somebody who comes up with some low, um, panels that are, let's say vitamin D and calcium, something that's going to inhibit or potentially harm you as far as your bone mass goes. They'll run those for typically covered by insurance. Perfect. Everybody likes to hear covered by insurance, unless you're a farmer, yes, you, we do. which case, yeah. um, so I think we, we, we have to wrap, like start rounding it up, but there are a few more very specific questions. Kennedy, why don't we let you maybe 
create a highlight or something on your social media that we can direct these people to. There's a question about Hajimoto. Is that I say that right? There's a question about inflammation. There's a question about protein snacks that you would recommend that we didn't get to portion controlling. Maybe the questions we didn't hit on, you could do a story or two for us Mm -hmm. when we release this episode. Um, just because we're running out of time. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We're getting cuckoo. (laughs) Right. I've got snack. We want snacks and Play-Doh and all the things. So Kennedy, before we get off and before we finish this up, where can we find you on social media? Yes. I am on Instagram as the dot dugout dot dietitian. With a T, not a C. With a T, not a C. (laughs) And then we, I am lucky enough to be one of the speakers at Cultivating Courage. So yeah, we're all going (laughs) to three get to meet in person. Yes. And if you haven't got your tickets yet, there still are some tickets for sale. Shameless plug. Whitney, what else you got? Anything? I don't. Rowdy's just needing his header put on his combine. He's really busy this morning with harvest, (laughs) but we do have a quote to finish it. Well, before we do that really quick, this was so beneficial. I've learned a lot just sitting here visiting. I think a lot of women are going to very much appreciate the content that you have provided for us today. So thank you very, very much for being on the podcast. I'm so glad you guys asked. It was awesome. I'm so happy to help out in whatever form you need me. Yes, okay, Whit. so much. Hit the hey, quote. Whitney and Rowdy will finish this. <laughs> we are indeed much more than what we eat, but what we eat can nevertheless help us to be much more than what we are. Adele Davis. Kennedy, you got that one, didn't you? Did you pick that one up? Yep, that was totally her. I did. I love it. Yep, perfect. Okay, well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Kennedy, for being on the podcast. And we will check you guys next time. See ya. Later. Bye. I'm trying to. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. We would love to reach more women in ag. If you would like, please share our podcast with your friends and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at the grateful farmwife. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the Midwest Farmwives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. We'll see you next time. And remember, every day may not be good, but there is some good in every day. Stay grateful, friends.